Can you make money flipping cards? Absolutely. It's kind of like scouting, right? Like if you're a professional scout and you know a guy or you know the next basketball player is going to be good in two years, you could invest 10 grand in his rookie cards, go get them graded, right? And let him sit in your closet for two years and then he pops, right? right? Like that's how you invest in cards. All right, welcome to the Digital Social Hour. I'm your host, Sean Kelly. I'm here with my co-host, Charlie Cavalier, and our guest today, Matt, Dap Sports. What's going on, How's bro? it going, man? It's good to see you guys uh, recently in LA. Now mm-hmm. I'm in your town, so yeah, good to be here. Vegas. You were just here for a, a sports conference, right? Yeah, it was called the Mint Collective. Um, really, really cool, clean sports card show. Uh, a lot of big brands there, DraftKings, Tops, Fanatics. Yeah. Uh, you know, Fanatics is kind of taking over the game. I don't know right. how... Are you aware of what's going on? They or? bought all the licensing, right? Yeah, so they bought all the license licensing, NFL, NBA, uh, MLB, right? Wow. But it doesn't start until 2026. Now, this is kind of a big deal, too, because Topps has had the license for MLB for 70 years. Hmm. So they just had their 70th anniversary, like, addition, Mickey Mantle, 1952 rookie card. Like, right. that's they've had this forever. So um, Fanatics purchases Topps, so nothing will really change. You'll still have those Topps you know, rookie cards that are going to be produced. Yeah. But now what's very interesting too, is that tops used to have the license to NBA and NFL. Then this company Panini comes along in like 2011 and they take it over. Mm. Right. So now the NBA and NFL licenses are acquired by Panini and tops mm. has the MLB. Interesting. So up until that point though, you had tops producing NFL and NBA cards and now they don't produce them anymore. Right. So, Panini has pretty much ran the game for the last 10 years because NFL, let's, let's, let's face it, NFL and NBA are kind of bigger markets, but, right? Especially in the United States than baseball. Yeah. So they've really held the, the, the kind of the, the they, they've just, they have the most influence over the, the sports card market because they have those two licenses over the last 10 years. And then you have the boom that happened, you know, kind of during yeah. sports cards and, you know, they they reap the benefits for sure. Yeah. So what caused that sports card boom? Because I'm sure you saw it during but it was a massive wave. So I think uh, the, the majority of what happened is, I don't know if you remember, but sports were off television for, I don't know if it was 30, 60, 90 days. Like I remember, remember Rudy Gobert did that interview and he's touching all the mics and then like they oh, shut yeah. everything down. So, yeah. and this- Everyone got yeah. It's right, right. Everybody's yeah. getting they they cancel all sports. Remember, they also cancel all Hollywood productions. So this isn't specific to to sports. This is specific to every industry, right? Entertainment, sports, whatever it may be. So that forces everybody into their their bedrooms, right? Mm-hmm. And now there's no productions. Mm. So what do people do? They take their their cell phones or their cameras in their room and they start live streaming, right? Or they're producing their own content, which might not be live, mm-hmm. right? But that leads me in my bedroom to start live streaming, breaking boxes open. Yeah. I meet you pretty soon after that, by the yeah. way. Um, and I'm just buying blasters and mega boxes, which are $20, $40, $50 boxes from Target, chasing Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert rookie cards, right? And then I'd go online and I'd try to make 10 20 bucks a box as a side hustle, Yeah. right? And as I'm doing this, I'm like, oh, wow, I just made 100 bucks in a couple hours. It'd be cool if I could make 200 And then it's like, oh, I just made 200 like, be cool if I could make 500 mm-hmm. and then I'm making a thousand bucks a night from my bedroom mm-hmm. and you know, I'm happy. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, as that evolves, you know, live streaming as a whole evolves Yeah. because remember there's no, there's no sports on television. So think about all the people who gamble 
on sports, mm -hmm. right? Think about all the people who just want action. Like they have nothing to watch. What are they doing all day, right? So the, the cool thing about buying cards is like, there's this adrenaline rush to it, yeah. right? Like you're like, oh, what am I going to hit? And, and people buy Target blasters, $20, you know, a blaster box is what they call it. Yeah. They buy a blaster box because a $20 box might return you a hundred bucks, which is kind of cool mm -hmm. if, you know, you're a kid who's just buying something in the store, your local flea market or your local Target or Walmart, whatever it is. That's, that's cool to spend 20 bucks and get a hundred back, right? Right. What I find fascinating is you're opening cards and packs of sports cards on social media, TikTok and Instagram. He's only getting like 50, 100 viewers, but he's making millions of dollars a year on it. Like for that amount of viewership, the ratio seems crazy. Uh, yeah. So like our TikTok channel actually does like 200,000 views a day. Oh, my bad. Yeah. Wow. So like you might see at any given time, like we probably don't drop below 100 on TikTok. Okay. But like that's probably like our baseline now. Oh, I was looking at Instagram. I haven't checked TikTok. Yeah. So like we haven't streamed on Instagram in a while, but those numbers were accurate when we were on Instagram for sure. Um. But when I was in my bedroom or when I first, you know, acquired our shop, like we only stream four or six hours a day. We're mm -hmm. almost at 24 hours a day Wow, streaming, right? That's crazy. On TikTok. So we have two more studios built now. So we have three streams that have the potential to run very soon. Wow. Right? And once all three of those are up, if we can get those, they don't even need to run all 24 hours. I could have one 24-hour channel mm -hmm. and then two channels that run 12 hours a day. Mm. Right. And then maybe I have like a Pokey Daps channel and right. an anime Daps channel and uh, Daps toys. Right. All these different live streams that could potentially run. Now, I am bullish on the future of shopping mm -hmm. is live shopping. Yep. Right. So Instagram right now, you're scrolling through or you're scrolling through TikTok. Boom. You get hit with like a static ad. Yep. Right. For a hoodie or a T-shirt or a pair of shoes. And I, I'm, I mean, I've bought stuff in the last 60 days for sure. I don't know if you guys have off of Instagram, but you see an ad, you see something you like, takes you down a little rabbit hole. Boom. Purchase. Mm -hmm. Now, imagine, though, instead of seeing a static ad, right, there's a person who's showing you a hoodie and then you can comment, hey, man, how does that run? Does it run a little small? And he's like, oh, size large is more like a medium. Boom. Now he just gave you information in real time. Mm. And now that influences your purchase. So that's why I say the future of, of shopping is live shopping because maybe you're maybe uh, you're a foodie and you cook at home all the time mm -hmm. and somebody's making, you know, they're cooking something live and they're like, hey, how, do, do you boil it at medium or, or, or you know, is it better to, to drop the temperature down? Like you can get those answers in real time, right. whereas yeah. you can't do that right now. And so, you just got access to live shopping on TikTok, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we got access to live shopping. Um, TikTok's goal is to basically have their own TikTok shop, mm -hmm. right? So they're kind of working through that. And we're obviously a partner of theirs, just trying to help them, you know, give them feedback in their beta. Mm. Um, we actually had to connect Shopify. Like we don't run um, a Shopify website or traditionally we wouldn't run that. And we actually had to build a separate Shopify to API into uh, TikTok's shopping, mm. right? So wow. that's what we're currently doing. But TikTok doesn't want to, you know, involve Shopify. They want to have their own shop built, right? So that people can be in a live stream and just click two buttons, boom, your credit card's already uploaded to TikTok. Are you guys familiar with Whatnot? Yes. Yeah. yeah so it, it's it's kind of like Whatnot is an app that is strictly for live shopping, right? right. And there's a lot of auctions on there. Yeah. But TikTok is incredible because you have a billion people on there and they're scrolling through content and memes and comedy mm -hmm. and educating themselves on 
you know, do it yourself or whatever you might educate yourself on TikTok. And you can now just be scrolling and boom, you're, there's a live shopping channel that you're seeing. Yeah. Right. So it's kind of like QVC back in the day, mm -hmm. except it's not as bland. Right. There could be there could be an entertainment aspect, which is what we bring to the table. Right. Right. So not only are we live streaming, but we are we're hiring influencers and actors and actresses to to entertain while we're opening your packs of cards. Right. Which is cool, too, because, listen, as Netflix and as Hulu and Amazon and all these different companies have kind of taken the reins from cable over the last 20 years. Right. If you don't want to buy a hundred channels and pay a hundred dollars a month, you can you can kind of select your channels now, right? I'll pay eight ninety nine for this channel and I'll pay nine ninety nine for this channel, but I don't want the the other, you know, eighty dollars worth of channels. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's the same thing with live streaming, right? Like I really dig this guy. I'm gonna pay his, you know, eight ninety nine to watch his live stream every month. Mm. And you see that on YouTube or Twitch or whatever the platform is, right? So I think with live shopping, there won't be a paywall to get into the shop, but there might be, right? Yeah. Because if you have exclusive channels who are, who are selling high-end stuff, maybe they're like, we don't want people um, spamming our, our comments. This is a high-end stream, right? Right. This is for people who like luxury brands or whatever it might be. That's cool. It sounds like it removes a lot of friction from the buying process. Yeah, and it makes it more fun. And I saw it firsthand. You know, Matt and I first met at actually at one of your networking events, the one in mm -hmm. L.A., and you whip out your phone and you show me your guy literally live streaming right then and there, ripping packs, making it fun. I almost wanted to stop, you know, meeting people and start watching this. It's addicting, man. Yeah, I mean, like, where do you – what is the conversion rate for your, for your audience, right? Like, how many people watching actually end up buying something? Mm. So uh, we're probably shipping out, like – 10,000 packages a month. Holy um, wow. Yeah. So it, it's, it's, and it's, it's hard to give you that rate because like we're growing so fast. Mm -hmm. So uh, we're prop out of 2,000 people a day, we're probably doing, uh, I don't know, like a thousand payments, 200,000. So, yeah. wow. You know, it's a very good conversion rate. Yeah. It's solid. It's yeah. not bad. What's, so, uh, what's the most expensive card you've pulled? Most expensive card we've pulled. I personally pulled a, a Joe Burrow Nebula one of one, and that's kind of like the rookie card. Yeah, 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 rookie. Um, I think it was listed on eBay for like eighty grand. Okay, you know. Um, but we we pulled a Jackie Robinson one of one that mm. was with uh, with his autograph on it a couple months ago. So like, a lot of these one of ones are kind of subjective, and right. it's really if you have a Jackie Robinson collector who digs that card. He, he could pay double, you know, right. there's a lot of irrational spending. Um, also when Patrick Mahomes wins MVP or the Super Bowl, like his cards go up two, three, four, five X mm. and the players who are, who, so Mahomes has obviously reached a level of, of superiority to other players, right? He has two MVPs. Now he has two mm -hmm. championships, but the guys who have no MVPs and have that kind of Cinderella story, like they can 10, 20 X, right? Cause their price was so low. The Brock Purdy's of the world. Correct. Correct. So what's also interesting, though, is Brock Purdy kind of starts to flourish during the season, but his the, the premier product is Prism, right? Prism Football, which is made by Panini. Right. And those pro that, that rookie card wasn't out yet. So then he gets injured. Then the NFL ends, the season ends, right? And then Prism comes out. So not to say his cards took a hit, but if those cards were, were had came out but preseason and then Purdy went off, mm -hmm. he would have had a 10 or 20X for sure. Wow. You would have had $5 cards that become 100 overnight, right? Have you seen people make money just flipping sports cards? 
Uh, absolutely. Um, those margins, though, you have to be really, really good. Mm. Um, so when we first met years ago, I was probably I probably started buying slabs, and a slab is just you you rip a pack of cards or you buy a card on eBay and you send it to this appraisal company called PSA, Professional Sports Authenticator, and they'll give it a grade out of ten. One being the worst, ten being the best. Ten is flawless, right? They yeah. call it a gem mint ten. So back then, if you bought a hundred dollar card, you'd have to grade the card for twenty, thirty, forty bucks, right? So your your investment is one hundred thirty, one hundred forty bucks. And if you get that ten, you're usually forexing the amount you paid for the card. Wow. So now a hundred dollar card went to three or four hundred bucks, and the people who were submitting as the the boom was happening crushed. Right. Right. We're talking about like not printing money, but an incredible returns on your money because right. Luka Doncic, for example, I was buying his rookie card for $150 at the time. The grading fees had gone up because there was so many uh, people submitting cards to the yeah. appraisal company, right? I'm in the card for $150 plus $75 to grade it. So I'm in the card for $225. I submit 10 of those, right? Now, five of them come back and I get a PSA 10. Now I've got them. Now, now I can sell them on eBay. Right or wherever I want to sell them, mm-hmm. I'm watching the market go, and those Luka Doncic cards that I was in for two twenty five went all the way to two thousand dollars. Wow! And Whoa. I had five of them, right? The rest of them were nines, which were selling for four hundred bucks. Damn! So even the nines, that big a difference between nine and ten. Yeah, yeah. Now, 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 let me uh, be transparent. I didn't sell my cards at that $2,000 peak. The peak of Luka Doncic was when he hits the three over Kawhi Leonard uh, in the playoffs, yeah. in, that, in the bubble, right? So I probably cashed out a couple at 900 a couple at 1200 mm-hmm. So either way, like, I 5X'd my money on those cards. Then I also had the PSA 9s. So, like, I'm happy. But then you watch it go to two grand, and you're like, oh, I'm an idiot, you know? But I mean, talk to anybody who's you day can never trading here. It's no, so hard. It's impossible. No, yeah. It's impossible. It's the same with crypto. Yeah. Stocks. And if you're trying that, like that is a stressful life yeah. for sure. You know, like that's anxiety yeah. all the time. Um, but if you get good at, you know, noticing patterns on a graph, and you're like, a two x on my money is good, right? Or a three x on my money is great. Like, cash that out. Right. Take your profits and then figure out the next guy. So, can you? That your question was, can you make money flipping cards? Absolutely. It's just. It's, it's, it's kind of like scouting, right? Like if you're a professional scout and you know a guy is, if you knew Purdy was going to be the guy, right? Like, or you know the next basketball player is going to be good in two years, mm-hmm. you could invest ten grand in his rookie cards, right? Go get him graded, right, and let him sit in your closet for two years, and then he pops, right? Right? Like that's how you invest in cards, right? right? And you don't, you don't even need to grade them. You could, they could just go up ungraded, but there is that, you know that three or four X factor to a PSA 10 as opposed to an ungraded card. And the reason a PSA 10 is so much more valuable, first off, there's a grading fee, right? So like it has to jump at minimum the grading fee, right? But also there's le- if there's 10,000 of a particular rookie card printed, there might only be 500 PSA 10s. Mm. So there's only 500 PSA 10 rookies. So it's all supply and demand, right? right. And that's why one of ones are worth the most amount because to a collector, it's a flex, yeah. right? It's like, there's only one of this card in the world. So there's a Luka Doncic, what they call it a logo man. They take the logo mm-hmm. out of the jersey, out of Luka's jersey. They put it in a card. Luka signs the card. 
Wow. Right? Really cool. But And there's only one of them made. Because there's only one logo on the jersey. Right. That thing sold for $4 million. Wow. Holy crap. And yeah. somebody just pulled that out of a random pack. So that's called a, a National Treasures box. Mm-hmm. And that's a four, five, six, seven thousand dollars $7,000 box. Right. And, right. and you don't know what's in there. Yeah. You have no idea what's have in there. Have you opened any of those? Oh, yeah, for sure. Wow. So it's not something that I would enjoy personally to rip because, like we said, that that's um, you have to have a lot of cash just lying around yeah, to yeah. play, yeah, play to game. open five thousand dollar boxes. Yeah, you know, so it's way different than going to Target and open a twenty dollar box, right? right? But also the reward is way you know, bigger, way bigger. Right? But that's a great example about why that twenty dollar box, because the person who's buying that twenty dollar box is going to get the same, you know, proportional reaction out of that person who can afford the five thousand dollar box. A hundred percent. And if you're spending five grand on a box and ripping them consecutively. I mean, four million bucks is probably nice, but right. you've probably got a couple million, probably, yeah, right? Yeah. So um, you definitely it's definitely, like you said, there's that, that rush, and you're like, oh, I feel good. But if somebody buys a $20 box and hits a $100 card, like, that's a come up for somebody yeah. who might be a local kid or, or somebody who yeah. you know, works, uh, you know, maybe like um, uh, a minimum wage job. Now they, their, their hobby is, you know what, I'm going to buy some cards. That's what I like to do. And then boom, you're up 5x on your money. So do the law of averages work out? Like if I just sit there and I buy boxes all day, am I playing the lotto or will the law of averages eventually make me a return on my investment? Listen, there's a lot of work that goes into this, right? So there's, there's different strategies, right? And I think that when it comes to sports cards, there's... There's three components, right? And we just went over one, which is investing, right? Mm-hmm. So the investing portion of that is if if you really believe in a draft class, right? You got a lot of quarterbacks who are about to get drafted in this in this uh this year's draft class in the yep. NFL. But I mean, think about twenty twenty, you had Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Tua, and Jalen Hurts. Now, three of those dudes are like Everybody believes in them, right? right. Jalen Hurts just got paid two hundred fifty million dollar contract. Highest paid years. player in the history of the NFL. Right. What? Yeah, five wow. years, two fifty five. Right. Wow. And that's and Joe Burrow has been in the Super Bowl, right. and also Justin Herbert was supposed to be the best one of all three, right? After Burrow got injured, so you've got three really big names. That draft class, long term, if one of those guys is the next Patty Mahomes, let's say, right? You could buy sealed cases of 2020 Prism Football, not even open them, put them in your closet, and the price of that box will just slowly mature, right? That's like a, I, can, I compare that to real estate, right? Yeah. It's a safer play, right? You're not gonna, it's not sexy. You're not going to two or three X your money, right? Now, if we want to go into the, so, so we just talked about investing. That's component one. Component two is, so we just talked about uh, investing. That's component one. Component two is collectors, right? You're just buying cards because you love them, mm-hmm. right? Like you're buying a card and you want to, you know, increase your collection. Maybe you buy, sell, trade like here and there. Maybe somebody you don't love anymore or somebody loves a particular player and you they have a cool card you want to trade for. Mm-hmm. And then three is that like adrenaline rush, right? That's where it, it's, it's um, the most similar to gambling. Now it's not gambling because you're buying a physical product, right? Like if I were to bet tonight that uh or or this weekend that lebron james is going to beat the uh the grizzlies minus one i put 100 bucks down right grizzlies win mm. that money's gone now i could buy i could put 100 dollars down on a pack of sports cards pull five cards oh man i'm 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 down 100 bucks 
guess what? That rookie two years later, wow, he's good this year. Right. Now he's worth 50 bucks. I got 50 bucks back two years later. So that's what's cool about this as opposed to gambling and what makes it unique is that you could potentially get a return on your money a couple of years later based on player performance, right? which I think is really cool. That's cool. Right? So back to your question about law of averages, I personally am not sitting there like ripping back-to-back boxes to make money, Mm -hmm. right? I love sports cards and I do it as a hobby, right? I do it as a collector. Like, oh, let me rip a pack and see what I can pull, right? But majority of the cards that I buy are Kobe, LeBron, Jordan, Brady, right? Because, again, like real estate, those guys have a legacy behind them. They're long-term plays. They're not – they might go down a little. They might go up a little. Listen, when, when Michael Jordan had the Last Dance documentary that came out, his cards went ballistic, yeah. right? So – there's little moments in time that can increase that, but I look at that as a nice safe play over time. And what I personally recommend everybody too is for for Kobe, for example. Kobe Kobe's autographs are set, right? The amount of Kobe autographs that exist in the world, there's they can't be any more. Yeah. Now some of them remain in sealed boxes, but if you can buy a PSA ten Kobe Bryant autograph, right, that's numbered less than fifty. Mm. Less than 25. Like, I like something that's even less than that, right? The lowest number possible. So, you know, I was uh, at the National last year, which was in Atlantic City. Yeah. And it was cool. Gary V set up a a little booth. And he was um, selling his V friends. He has digital, but he also has physical cards. Zero cool cards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he's selling those. But he's also got – he's a collector, right? He's got Jordan. He's got Kobe. And he's got – Yeah. So I walk up to him, and we're just kind of like chatting, and, and we do a deal. Right, and I buy a LeBron, and I bought a Kobe from him, and I bought a on-card Kobe, and on-card means Kobe Bryant could have been sent a hundred stickers, right, at his house. He signs every sticker, he ships them back to the manufacturer. They put them on the cards. On-card means they shipped him cards, and he held the card in his hand, mm. right, and signed it. So to a collector, that's more valuable. Right, it holds a higher value than a sticker auto. So Gary V has an on-card Kobe auto out of five. And again, there's only five of these produced. Kobe signed it. I saw that. I'm like, I'll buy that from Gary Vee, right? That's a good long-term hold. And also, like, it's a good piece of content, right? Doing a deal with Gary Vee. Yeah. People, you know, I was like, oh, I think people will watch this. But so I kind of two birds with one stone in that where I got this cool piece of content. And also I've got this card that I think has a long-term value to it. Right. Right. So how much was it? Uh, I think <laughs> now you I, got me curious. <laughs> I think it was like six or seven grand okay. a card. Wow. Yeah. Was that the most you spent on a card? No. Really? What? Okay. Do you? What is the most you've spent on a card? Um, I have a couple in this range, but the the card that I spent the most on and filmed actually, it's called the Kurosawa. Mm-hmm. It's a one of one Star Wars card. I wanted to touch up on Star Wars. Yeah, and it's uh, it's got the Seven Jedi, which is um. It, it it stems from this story. So George Lucas, uh, George Lucas names the, uh, or excuse me, let me restart. George Lucas built um, the Jedi around this like Japanese tale, and I believe it was called the Seven Jedi. You can you know fact check me if you have to, but uh, the seven or excuse me the Seven Samurai. The Seven Samurai. Excuse me, I said the Seven Jedi. Um, so the Seven Samurai, and then this incredible artist Randy Martinez draws inspiration from that as well. And he creates the Seven Jedi, which is the Kurosawa. So the cool thing about this card is you have 
Anakin Skywalker on the and they're all like wielding their lightsabers. Anakin Skywalker, Yoda, Obi Wan Kenobi, and I'm talking about Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen. So there's you know these act. It's not like a a cartoon. It's it's their faces attached to it. Right. And Samuel L. Jackson, Mace Windu, wow. are all on this card. That's and sick. it's a one of one. And the reason I was drawn to this card was, I, again, back to markets. You know, we're we're watching graphs, right? Mm -hmm. I'm watching the Star Wars cards. This box came out at like 120 bucks, right? Nobody cares about Star Wars. My buddy comes up to me. He's like, yo, you got to see these, these Star Wars cards. They're really, really cool. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. Two months go by. Finally, I look at them. I'm like, wow, these are nice. These are like really well-made cards, like original artwork, really, really beautiful. Mm. So now I start to rip some boxes. Now they came out at 120 bucks. They're already up to like 200, right? And this is like, three or four months from release, which isn't peculiar in the sports card market. Like if a box gets hot and people are paying, you know, paying more for it, you can up the price a little bit, 10 bucks, 20 bucks, 30 bucks. Right. So I'm ripping these cards and I'm like, this card is incredible. This Kurosawa, like it's gorgeous. And remember they make a one of one, they make a one of five, a one of 10 out of 25. And then I'm checking prices on eBay. And every couple weeks, the price of the box is going up 50 bucks. Right. And then the price of the cards this one card, the Kurosawa, is going up. Well, this is weird. So now I'm like, okay, I'm noticing patterns. I think I'm going to start buying some of these cards. So I'm buying them, and they're a hundred bucks, two hundred bucks, three hundred bucks. But they're still every week they're going up. The box mm. is going up twenty five bucks. The box is going up twenty five bucks. Wow. I can't find sealed cases either, which is very, very unusual for me. <laughs> like, if I make some calls. Some guy might try to bang me out on a price, but I can find the cases. Like, I can't find these cases anywhere. Wow. So I'm like, there's no cases. I can't get them. I can't source them. And the cards are going up in the market. I'm like, this is, this is going to explode at some point, right? So I find the Kurosawa. The one of one gets hit. I hear about it. My buddy, I didn't know him at the time. He's my buddy now. His name is a great curator, Dan. Buys the card in, at the Dallas Card Show for 5000 bucks, Right? And I'm like, damn it. I would have <laughs> bought that card for, for five grand, you know? Yeah. Anyway, fast forward two months. I'm in Del Mar. Del Mar, Union Market Place card show right by San Diego. I walk into the show. We shoot this intro video. I'm like, it's the NBA playoffs. I'm like, okay, guys, I'm going to buy a Steph Curry or Jason Tatum. I'm, gonna, I'm basically going to gamble on a guy and see if we can hit big. I'm going to spend 10 grand on a Steph Curry, right? And, and the whole point of the YouTube video was to find a cool card on the floor and then purchase that card. Right. As we're walking in, somebody's like, yo, the Kurosawa's here. I'm like, all right, I got to see it. <laughs> so we walk over. I'm talking to Dan. And again, I'm not really, I don't really know him at the time. And I said, oh, can I see it? I'm looking at the card. I'm like, wow, how much do you want for this thing? He's like, ah, oh, well, I just got offered 10 grand and I passed it on it. Now, remember, he bought this card for five grand 60 days before and he said, no, I don't want that. And I'm thinking in my head at the time, I'm like, he wants 50 grand for this card. Like, that's what I think. I think he's going to hold yeah. on this card. So I, you know, just go, mm, well, what do you want for it? He's like, ah, oh, it's got to be something crazy. What's, What's crazy? crazy? Right. <laughs> yeah. It's like, ah, uh, 20 grand. And I'm like, wow, I can get this card for less than 20 grand right now. Like, that was the first thing I thought, right? Okay keep looking at some of his stuff he likes to he collects a lot of um non-sport so like wwe mike tyson pmg okay. like just stuff that isn't you know um as as 
sought after. He, he does a lot of unique products, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a lot of Star Wars stuff. And I talk with my team. I'm like, I'm going to try to buy this card. We're going to reroute this video right now. Screw Steph Curry. Screw Jason Tatum. Like, <laughs> I want this card, right? So I'm like, listen, man, I'll give you 13 grand for that card right now. And he's like, 19. <laughs> and then we go back and forth. We settle at 16.5, right? And we film the whole thing, right? So at the time, it was the biggest Star Wars purchase of any modern card. Wow. And we, got, and we filmed it. So we put it online, and now the sales go even crazier online, right? So now that box today, that $120 box is $800. Whoa. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. 8X? And it, yep. And, it, and it's 6X in about a year, right? Hmm. So I can barely get my hands on that product. Right. And like I said, you could probably find some loose ones for like six to 700 but you know, when when we buy boxes, like we got to make a couple bucks. You know, I've got a team of people in LA. I got rent. I got insurance. I got all this stuff, right? So if we buy a box for seven hundred, we got to clear at least a hundred bucks on that box, yeah. right? Yeah. So, but again, these boxes are not easy to find. So I buy the card sixteen five, and now I had seen this um, this documentary. It was called The Last Leonardo. Right? And I don't know if you guys are into art, but I highly recommend. I'm not even into art, but I highly recommend watching this this doc. So in like 2009 or 2011, this Leonardo da Vinci painting like pops up in Missouri that mm -hmm. nobody had ever seen before. And everyone's like, that's not real. Like there's not like a Leonardo da Vinci painting just laying around in Missouri, right? Yeah. So anyway, this curator from New York, he, he examines it. He's like, I think this is real. Puts an offer in on it. I don't know if he paid a million bucks or whatever he paid. Brings it to New York. Now they have all of these world-renowned artists and the, the Metropolitan Museum of Art, all these people are looking at it. And basically, it's like going back and forth, is it real or is it fake, for years. Mm -hmm. Years in Manhattan, right? Ultimately, they're saying, no, 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 this and that. After four or five years, they decide, this is real. Wow. Right? And they're, they're examining, like, the wood that, like... Leonardo da Vinci paints on this type of wood only, like wow. this type of tree bark. And he makes this types of strokes with his, his brush, right? That's like crazy. That's how granular they're getting with, with the examination of this stuff. So they're in this documentary. They're now, the, the art has been shipped to New York. They go over it. Everybody agrees, okay, it is real. It sells for like $70 million, Jeez. right? Jeez. 70 million. And again, I might be off on some of these numbers. It gets sold. And now it goes on a world tour and it goes to the Louvre, right? And it goes to France and it goes to England and it goes all over the place just on display, mm -hmm. right? And eventually, and the thing is not for sale, right? They're just putting it on display at all these different uh, museums, right? And the guy who owned it, and I think it ends up going back into like a, a storage unit for two years, and then it resurfaces, ends up selling for half a billion dollars. Wow. Jeez. Because that tour helps the valuation immensely, right? Right. It's yeah. insane. I mean, the longer something hangs in the Louvre, the Smithsonian, or anything like that, you're basically by the day jacking up that value. Mm. So what you just said, I looked at that Kurosawa that I bought, mm. and I said, I'm going to put this on a necklace, and I'm going to wear this to every card show. And guess what? It's not for sale. I had no intention of selling that card, right? Now, fast forward, one of my buddies um, who pitched Fanatics on the idea of 
of acquiring all the, these licenses and really purchasing tops and panini and all this stuff and getting into the market big star wars fan he sees the video mm -hmm. right and he thinks that i'm just some you know pump and dump scumbag right like <laughs> trying to trying to boost the market up like sell my card yeah. and finally i meet him and we're like nerding out about star wars movies right. for an hour or two and he's like so how much do you want to sell that card for i'm like oh this isn't for sale oh. <laughs> right and again i used it as, as that marketing tool right and ultimately that's what um led me to the relationship i have with tops and fanatics today right because of that necklace wow so it's like what is that worth yeah right now two months ago this is an even cooler story some guy who watches our streams i think is uh sorry if i i i name your instagram account wrong i think it was 26 card collector or something i hear and i don't know him at the time i hear that he bought the Yoda one of one super fractor from the same set for 26 grand. Wow. And I'm like, because if you analyze that market of the Kurosawa cards, like every Kurosawa card is worth more significantly more than every other card. Okay. So now we've established another sale of a super fractor in that set that is more than what I paid. And a less valuable card than what you yeah. have. So right. it's probably worth like 50K by now. So I'm not telling you guys the value of the card, right? <laughs> But what I will tell you is that PS, a PSA 10 of an out of 50 of the Kurosawa sold for $4,000. Wow. So you do 4,000 times 50. Jeez. Yeah. Right? And again, I'm not saying that's the value of the card. And, and sometimes one of ones don't trend on that exact scale. Right. But also sometimes they go ballistic and go way over that scale. Mm. So Lewis Hamilton, famous F1 racer, mm -hmm. his rookie card debuted like two or three years ago. The same weekend I bought the Kurosawa, he had a PSA 7 rookie card, Super Fractor. Take a guess what you think it sold for. Lewis PSA Hamilton, seven. rookie, PSA 7. I'm guessing 10 grand. 1000 $900,000. Oh, my god! Wait, what? 900 grand. I mean, he's the greatest F1 racer of all time. It's his rookie oh, card. They'd never done something like that for F1 racers before. He's also the only, you know, black F1 racer that's ever had any sort of success at that level. Like, he is the unicorn of okay. F1. That makes sense hearing that. 100%. And the way that I looked at that was if this Lewis Hamilton card sold for 900 grand, if my card sold for one tenth of that, I'd be pretty psyched. Yeah. It's a you good know? ROI. And yeah. all the branding you got and the deals. Right. With so, listen, I somehow, through this whole process, Remember, this is Dap Sports. I've become like the Star Wars guy. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Which I don't hate because I grew up listen, I grew up watching Star Wars. The the VHS yeah. tapes were what at my grandma's house and I would pop them in and I'd, you know, get away from the family and watch Star Wars. We'll right? wrap it up on this. What do you think of the new Star Wars movies? Uh the new Star Wars movies, I was super disappointed in the the I like you know, the honesty because I feel the same. I agree. Yeah, in episode nine, I thought it was like just it was literally the same movie. They made the same movie again. Yeah. yeah. Orphan and, Child Saves Desert Planet from Death Ray. Yeah. It was disappointing, man. Yeah. It was definitely disappointing as a Star Wars fan. But at the same time, you know, Mandalorian, I love. So okay. you got to take the good with the bad. And, and it's unfortunate that they kind of screwed up yeah. those last three episodes. But they just announced at Star Wars Celebration in London there are three more movies. So, wow. you know, hopefully one of them hits and some of the Star yeah. Wars fans are not happy about it. But we'll, we'll see, see what, what happens. happens. Any closing thoughts where people can find you? Uh, yeah, you can find us, Dap Sports. Our biggest channel is TikTok, YouTube, uh, Instagram. 
D-A-P-P-Z Sports. If you want to rip sports cards or if you want to rip Star Wars cards, um, come on down to our live stream. We're pretty much live streaming 24-7. Yep. You heard it here, guys. Digital Social Hour. Sean Kelly out. See you next week. Peace.